My name is Angela. My name is Nicole. And welcome to the Oministic Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another amazing episode of the Ominous Stitch Podcast. Yay. We are back. Yeah. Back streets, back. All right. Boom, boo, doo, doo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I missed you, Stitchers. Yeah. It's been a whole week. <laughs> <laughs> well, Angela, what's got you in stitches? Oh, what has me in stitches is I had a super fun and stressful weekend and it was like opposite weekend. Okay, let me just dive in before I start qualifying it because it's not going to make sense. So here we go. Here we go. My husband and my son went away on their first man's trip. I was going to say, what is the song? Parents went out on a week's vacation. <laughs> Fresh Prince. Yeah, it's a Fresh okay. Prince. There yeah. So they went out on I vacation. I got the keys to the brand new yes! Porsche. Well, yeah. it's mine. <laughs> Well, well, of course not. not. <laughs> <laughs> well, so uh, they went. They went fishing. So they went fishing. Uh-huh. So it was my husband and my son, and my father-in-law and my brother-in-law. So they had a whole man trip. They man all, trip. Yeah, they all went fishing. They did an overnight fishing trip. They caught a ton of fish. Uh-huh. I can't wait to eat it. It's going to be so yummy. What kind of fish did they get? So my husband caught two ling cods, which okay. are these big codfish. They're codfish. Like really big. Okay. A lot of rockfish, which are so delicious. They're so good. You said that. Rockfish. Yeah. Okay. Rockfish. So they're they're in California. They're these big orange guys, and they kind of live at the bottom and so you have to drop your line way down low. Because they live in the rocks. Because they live in the rocks. <laughs> they live in the bottom. I get it. And then you pull them up. And then by the time you pull them up to surface, their eyes is their eyes bulge because of the, oh, it's, it's the pressure. Oh. <laughs> because of the pressure. But no, they're really yummy. And then uh, they caught a bunch of white fish too. Nice. And then some other fish that were caught were uh, sheep's head. But I don't think anybody in my family caught any sheep's head. But. Those are the kinds of fish that they were catching. Nice. They were in Ventura fishing around the Channel Islands. Oh, okay. So that's the kind of fish that you catch around there. Got it. But the waters apparently were a little rough. Oh, no. And so as soon as they got on the boat. Yes. They started feeling green. No. <laughs> and so they hung out on the rail all night. They didn't get much sleep. They, you know... Fed the fishes quite often, if you guys catch my drift there. Right. But Gross. You know, they, they eventually, the waters calmed down, and they fished and had a great time. Oh. Built lots of memories. Good. They had so much fun, even though they didn't eat or sleep no. <laughs> the entire trip. Poor guys. But they had a lot of fun, and a lot of bonding was done. Okay. And then on the flip side, I stayed home with my girls. Yeah, yeah. And we had a girls' night. Aww. So we... I put curlers in their hair. We did face masks. We painted our nails. We watched girly shows. And then the next day, I took them out to brunch. I did their makeup. And we did, like, you know, all dressed in pink. Yeah. And 
a couple of us did the high pony. Aww. Me and my older daughter, we did the high little Barbie pony because, yes, I took them to the Barbie oh, yay! And so we went out to brunch. Fun. And then we did a little shopping before the movie. And nice. then we went to the movie. And it was really nice. It was Good. a fun little, very girly weekend and very opposite of what the boys were doing. <laughs> <laughs> Puking on a boat, catching yeah, fish. Yeah, I'll take the ladder. Thank you. <laughs> but if you haven't seen the Barbie movie... It made me cry like three oh, different times. No. It's so fun and so pointed and campy. And I think it's brilliant. Okay. It's I've heard brilliant. great things about it. Yeah, I, I can, need to see this movie. You do need to see this movie. It will make you cry. Aww. And if you're a woman, you understand it perfectly. If you're a man, I'm sorry. You don't quite get everything that's going on. Sure. You will try. But unless Man, you're a woman, okay, how you many, can't get it. How many... <laughs> Sorry, but how many <laughs> white male rage movies are there compared to <laughs> women, women movies? Sorry, but that's, you know, it's, it's a, there's a lot of them. So yeah. It's, we get go, to have one movie here and there. Go see it. And women, you get it. Nice. You get it. I love it. it. So it's wonderful. I'm excited. So yeah, the Barbie movie, go see it. Go see it. It's okay. It's good. I have to see it. I don't know when I'll have time to do that by myself because I doubt my boys will want to come see it no, with me. I will go see it with you. Aww, if, yeah. If, if we, we have time. Wanna, yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll make it a day date and we'll go see it. Okay. We have so many movies coming out like a horror <laughs> we movies. <do. laughs> that we're going to have I'm some. I'm going back to the movies, guys. Yay. Anything, so yeah. Okay. But cool. We'll, we'll figure that out. So Nicole, what has you in stitches? Okay. So I've got a fun personality quiz for y'all. Uh-oh. Um, that I took and I thought it was really interesting. Okay. So the first question is if you could be any animal, what would you be? Okay. Think okay. about it. All right. Okay. Mine was otter. Oh, okay. yeah. Okay. okay. The second one's like, okay, pretend that otters are out of the, out of the question now. So okay. you have to choose another animal that you could be. Oh. I said French bulldog. Uh, yes. <laughs> Those are her two very favorite animals. Yes. Anytime I come across an otter or a French bulldog. You'll send me I send you videos. I know. I send love pictures. it. By the way, they have furry Frenchies. Yeah, you sent which me that. I didn't, I didn't know that that was a thing. And I was like, have you seen these? And you're like, yeah, but they're not as cute. They're not as cute. I agree. Right? They're not as cute. They're fluffy. But for some reason, they just, it doesn't add to their character. I don't yeah, know. It doesn't make yeah. them cuter. Yeah, no, they're cuter with the yeah, less, less the, hair. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. So, okay, so Frenchie, can I take a stab at what I think your third animal is? Yes. Panda. No, but that's no? a good one. Oh. Why didn't I think of panda? I don't know, because that's those are your big three. That's it's true. Usually, it's usually an otter, a Frenchie, or, or a panda. panda. And I love pandas. I don't know why I didn't think of panda when I did this quiz. What did you think of? Cat. Cat, <laughs> <laughs> but panda makes more sense. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna choose panda. Okay. In my in my quiz that I initially did, I said cat. Okay. okay. So, how this works? Your first answer, your first animal, is how you want people to perceive you, your personality. So you want people to see you as an otter, as a place playful, happy animal. Yeah. Go happy go lucky person. Yeah, that's like super like so that's what I'm trying to and you like, hold hands when you sleep. I'm a good and, parent. Yeah. yeah. This is Aww. my like how I want to perceive. But uh-huh. the second animal is how people actually see you. As a Frenchie? <laughs> so I'm a dumb dog. <laughs> <laughs> 
Frenchies bring joy to everybody that sees them. Yeah, my my last Frenchie was pretty well, vicious. That one was is. A, I won't, she's an oddity. Yeah, we'll take that one out. <laughs> but yeah, Frenchies are happy dogs that like are companions. Mm-hmm. They do well with families. They like to make people laugh. Yeah. So I guess that's me. They're I don't very know. fun and yeah. Yeah, they're very they, similar they to bring, otters. They bring smiles to everyone's faces. There you go. Yeah. So that's your second animal. That's how people perceive you. Okay. But your third animal is actually how you are. And that's actually how your personality is. Okay. So, so you said cat. I said cat. <laughs> I was like, what is that? I just because I want a cat. But uh, yeah, cats are just so like mellow. They uh, do what they want. They do what they want. Cats are like. So I guess that's me. <laughs> people exist to serve cats. There you go. That's that's but what they I don't they see believe. myself like that. Do you see me as a cat? Not at all. See? So I'm yeah. a panda. Yeah. Panda is definitely yeah. more. We're yeah. goofy. <laughs> pandas. Okay. So that's a fun fact of, of pandas and koala bears. Uh-huh. Okay. Those two animals shouldn't exist. <laughs> yeah. Because <that makes> <laughs> evolution, we don't know how, but like. Both animals rely on one specific food. Right. I learned that koala bears, if they don't get the certain type of eucalyptus, they won't even eat. Yeah. It's only one type of eucalyptus that they can eat. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. So, and then pandas, like, yeah, they rely. Yeah. Rely on bamboo. They're silly. They they roll around. They're goofy. They're very funny. So there you go. Take that personality quiz. All those like TikToks. I somehow got on that TikTok (laughs) thread of pandas that are trying to kill themselves. And it's just them like rolling out of trees. Yes. They fall out of trees (laughs) constantly. Like, what are you doing? They're so funny. But I send Angela videos of little panda like babies uh-huh. they're so cute they're so cute you're like i want to be a professional panda cobbler yes one day <laughs> if i ever like win the lottery that's you have what to do. be chinese though oh you do yeah boo yeah it's, oh, it's a mind. it's a an official job for the chinese <sighs> thanks they own every single panda there is you ruin you burst my bubble i'm sorry you can do whatever you want you win that lottery <laughs> And we will Maybe convince I'll, the Chinese I'll government buy, that I'll you get to I'll buy like have... a panda conservancy like in China and then be like, I have, Angela and I have to be We have to panda be panda handlers. cuddlers. Yeah. Yes. That is part of the job. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Deal. Deal. We'll go do that. Anyway. But yeah. So take that person like quiz. Do what you want with it. What three animals fun. would you be? Let us know. You yeah. can email us at theominousstitch at gmail.com or you can comment on any of our social medias. We want to know what three animals you are so that we can get to know you a little bit better. That Yay. would be cool. Yeah. So it's fun. Anyway, this is going to be a fun episode. <gasps> I know. I'm so excited. Yeah. Thank you for doing the stitch I asked you to. I know. <laughs> Well, okay, so we'll get into that, but okay. so let's get stitching yes. so we can talk about that and then we can dive into what the episode is because I can't wait for story time. Yay! It's going to be so cool. Okay. All right, so let's get stitching. Okay, stitchers, so for this week's stitch, Nicole sent me a stitch. I have to tell you a little story about this when she sent it to me, and it's really funny. It's called the Marshmallow Stitch, which, of course, you guys already (laughs) know because you saw the title of the episode. Yep. But she's like, please teach me the stitch. I want to learn how to do this. And I'm like, (laughs) oh, okay. And so I click on it, and, you know, it was on Pinterest. So that's how she sends me lots of stuff. Everything. So I clicked on it, and then I read through the thing, and it's all, like, broken English. And I'm like, "Uh oh. Oh, no. (laughs) And then I, I, they're like, okay, there's a video. So I clicked on the video. And of course, she's speaking 
something else. I don't know what language. No. I think it's, she may have been speaking Spanish, but definitely language that I don't understand. Oh, fun. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is going to be fun. Okay. I'm just going to watch her do her stitches. Oh, look at you. You still persevere. So yeah, I watched her do her stitches and, and I was doing fine. And I was like, oh, I feel like I'm learning her language. I know what this word means. I know this. And that. So I think it was, I'm pretty sure it was Spanish because uno, dos, tres, cuatro. She oh. was counting in Spanish. Okay. So you got so, that. Yeah. Okay. And then, um, so, you know, I was figuring it out and then all of a sudden my video paused and I couldn't get it unpaused because it got stuck on an ad and the ad wouldn't go away no. and I couldn't get it off the ad. I'm like, well, now what am I going to do? Of course, there's like a million videos about the marshmallow <laughs> stitch <laughs> on YouTube. So I just looked up the marshmallow stitch. They even have left-handed instructions hey. on how to do the marshmallow stitch. So I was like, oh, well, now I feel like I'm cheating because I'm watching all these other videos and I'm not learning it through the Spanish. But that's how um, you, oh no, but that's how you usually learn your stitches, right? You watch yeah, YouTube. Yeah, yeah. just yeah, watch yeah, YouTube. Yeah. So anyway, we are learning the marshmallow stitch, which is this really cool 3D textured stitch. So it's pretty stiff. So you'd want to use probably a very soft yarn because uh, it does get pretty stiff. And if you're using this for a blanket or some kind of application where you're going to like cozy up to it, mm -hmm. use a very soft yarn. Okay. Okay. Um, when I, one of the videos I was watching, she recommended using double strands and I'm like, oh. I don't know how you would do this stitch if with double like strands. If it was like super thin, maybe? Maybe. Like if you're using baby yarn. Yeah. But, but still even, but right? still, oh my gosh. It, the, you guys will understand when we get to how you make the marshmallow as to why that that's insane. Okay. My other recommendation is use, if you're using a hook, so all of my hooks have rubber grips on them. Mm-hmm. This is one of those stitches that's better if you have a really long metal oh. uh, hook. Okay. Um, and if you use one that doesn't have a grip or if it has a small grip, but it needs to have a long space okay. on it. Because you will be doing 11 double or oh. 10 doubles together. Ha. So you'll have 11 that's a lot. loops on your hook at okay. one point in time. So you need, you need that space. Yeah, so you need that long space. Okay. In the video that I was watching, she recommended using a three millimeter hook. So that's what I'm doing. It's a letter D, three millimeter hook, which is good and it's fine. But you can use any kind of hook. It's just, you know, obviously going to make your project bigger. But this three millimeter does really, really well. And like the effect of the marshmallow, to me, it kind of reminds me of bunting. Oh, yeah, you know? yeah. But um, it's it's a really cool effect. It's a really cool texture. It works well, I think, on like blankets or if you're, or, I mean, it. We, I did see it in a blanket. That's what she was demonstrating on. But I think like a textured pillow would be really cool with it. Okay. Or if you're using it for a bag or if you're making kind of like a wall hanging too, I think that would be cool. Oh, that makes Cause, sense. Because it's got that it's really, very, it's 3D. It comes out at you. Yeah. I it's just thought it looked cool, and I was like, oh, a marshmallow. Yeah, it's a very dimensional stitch, so okay. it's really cool. So the way that this stitch works is you're going to chain multiples of eight. So you're working in eight chains, right? Multiples okay. of eight. So however many you want, multiples of eight, chain two, and then you're going to single crochet in the second chain from the hook. Okay. Okay. Easy. Uh, or wait, chain one, single crochet in that chain, the second chain from the hook. Right. Right. So then you, you still have a multiple of eight going back. Got it. So after you uh, single crochet, you're going to chain three and then you're going to single crochet in the fourth chain from from 
your so single skipping. crochet. You're skipping four. You're uh, skipping three, three and then single crocheting the into the fourth. Right? Got it. Chain three, skip three, single crochet in the fourth. Oh, okay. Chain three, skip three, single crochet into the fourth. All the way down. Okay. Okay. And then you're going to single crochet in that last one. And then you're going to chain three and turn. Okay. So after you chain three and turn into that first loop of that, that first chain three that you did, you're going to do five double crochets. Wow. In uh, one stitch. In, in that chain three space. Ugh. Okay. Then you're going to do five double crochets in the next chain three ah, space. Okay. So it's five double crochets in every chain three space all the way back. And then there should be, you should be left with a single crochet and you're going to double crochet into that single crochet that Got you it. have there. So That'd you're going to have like a single crochet or a chain three border going on. Oh, both nice. ends. Does okay. that make sense? Yeah. All right. Now we're going to make the marshmallow. Okay. Okay. So after you finish your row of five, double crochets going into each one of those chain three loops you're going to double crochet in the top of that single crochet from the row below right okay. yep okay then you're going to chain one then you're going to single crochet into the top of that chain one okay and then you're going to chain three chain three okay got it after you chain three you're going to front post Front post. Double crochet. Yes. A l 10 together. <sighs> Front post, double crochet. That's so many. 10 together. Okay. Okay. Got it. So the way that that works is after you chain three, it's very important to do the chain three because Don't that's the setting chain you three. up for the row. Because trust me, I've forgotten the chain three a bunch of times and no. I have to pull out the row and go back and do it again. You know how many times I've messed up crochet <laughs> patterns? Oh my gosh. Oh, we all do. Yeah. We all do. We all wind up frogging yep. things that we don't want to have to because we're just Eat your not blueberries thinking. though. Eat your blueberries. Yeah. So I learned today on my mom rock station that if you eat a half a cup of blueberries every, every day. morning, okay. it sharpens your memory to a hundred percent for five hours. But only five hours. Only for five hours. So if you eat, you know, half a cup of blueberries every five hours, you're golden. Oh. <laughs> okay. I got to load up on blueberries. Yeah. But in the morning is like when you really need that. Right. And, and I have not been doing that lately. I oh. usually eat blueberries with my oatmeal, but I don't know. The past few mornings have not Sometimes been oatmeal mornings. Yeah. I do. I do egg whites and blueberries. That's my <gasps> Look favorite. Look at you. That's my favorite. But so then, healthy. Well, because everything else I eat the rest of the day. <laughs> Got to start like, good. Start off good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. So when you're doing these, after you chain three and you start your front post double crochet 10 together, you yarn over, you pull up that uh, first double crochet, right? So you're going to insert your hook from the back. Mm-hmm and come back around to the other side so that that uh, double crochet is in front of your hook then you're going to pull up a loop yarn over and pull through two loops so then you'll have two loops on your hook you're going to do that for 10, ten stitches which should be two of those kind of groupings together right uh, so many it's so many and this is why you need that long yeah. space on your hook because and you're using you're a small be one too. i'm using a small hook i'm using a three millimeter because that's what was recommended you usually use larger hooks i do <laughs> and so, so i'm like see a small this one. Is small. <laughs> no i'm like in nicole's territory yeah, now yeah. she uses the small hooks i have to but like once you get going 
adding them to your hook is fine as long as you keep you know moving them down and you have a long hook and yeah, you have you a lot of space. Yeah, you did great with that. Look at that. You get them all on there. Holy cow. Yeah. <laughs> my and and I don't know. My hooks all have the the rubber handle on them, so it takes it's a little trickier. Yeah, it's trickier. You keep like pushing them down. They get all crowded on there. So have if you, you noticed your rubber hook? Have you noticed any of yours, the rubber hook moving back a little bit? They like come off of the metal. No. Do yours do that? Yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> Just on a couple. I have to push it in like sometimes. I'm like, oh, it's coming off. Oh, no. Oh, no. That's okay. Uh-oh. No, mine haven't done that yet. So maybe I'm just not using them enough. Okay. So I'm on my last one here. So you're going to wind up with 11 hook, eleven loops on your hook because you did the X, 10, yeah, right? And then you have the, the first one, yep. right? Then you're going to yarn over, pull through all 11. Go, go, go. Pull through all 11 and then chain one to lock that up. And when you do that, it pushes all of those double crochets from the row before into this nice little kind of semicircle thing. That looks like half a marshmallow. That looks like half a marshmallow. Then you chain three. Don't forget the chain three. Don't forget the chain three. Because if you forget the chain three, you have nowhere to put the next row's five double crochets. Right. Because you're always doing, and then that's a marshmallow stitch. You're doing five double crochets into your chain threes. And then your front post double crocheting 10 together to push them out oh, forward. That's so cool. And they're always separated by the chain three. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it looks awesome. Yeah. And so when you do this, after you finish your first grouping of 10 together and you chain three, the most important thing to not forget to do, which is something that I forget to do almost uh -oh, every single no. time, is you're going to sink a single crochet in between in between. Yeah. Oh. Do a single crochet in between before your next grouping. Don't or forget that. The, yeah. So don't forget to do a single crochet before you do your next grouping of 10 together. Okay. Got it. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. And then you're going to chain three after you do that single crochet. Don't forget crochet. the single and then the three. <laughs> Don't forget the single and the three. Okay. Then you do 10 together. Okay. You do 10 together. Then you chain three. Single crochet in between before you do the next group. Yes. Chain three. Chain three. Wait, you, you chain three before and after the? Before okay. and after, yeah. Got it. Because you want to, like, for this example, I have four groupings of marshmallow stitches, <laughs> and which means I have eight chain threes going Got it. on, right? Yeah. Before so you always want to make sure you have the same amount of chain threes in every row. Otherwise, you're going to just like lose it. So if you ever wind up not having enough marshmallows, then you've skipped a no. single crochet in a chain three somewhere because I do that. So it's it. 10 together. So it's a single Sing crochet, crochet, chain three, 10 together, chain three, single crochet, crochet chain three, three 10 Got together. It. Yeah. Always nestled in between. Yes. Always okay. nestled in between. And that's your marshmallow stitch. That's, that's so it. Cool. So you can do that and change colors and do that as much as you want. But that's it. But I see, yeah, your yarn is definitely hard to work with. Yeah, it's very stiff. Yeah. <laughs> Thick and stiff. So we'll, yeah. we'll do something a little bit lighter if I do this one. Yeah. I would recommend doing a nice light that it's easy to shove and pull through. And yeah. Cool. Okay. But you also don't want one that's going to split on you because you're pulling through so many loops. That's true. So, yeah. I've had that happen Pick before. your yarn wisely, folks. <laughs> Thank you, Angela. You're welcome. That's the marshmallow stitch. Yay. Yay. Now you know why I picked the marshmallow stitch? Because we're going camping. We're going camping. Yay. I'm sorry. I should have done this like weeks ago, but. 
I'm a little late. It's okay. No, it's okay. You it's can still, still go summertime. camping. You can yeah. go camping anytime. You can go in the fall. Camping in the fall is awesome. Yeah, I love it's camping in the fall. Pretty mm-hmm. and it's cooler. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Let's. You want to get story time? Let's go pitch our tents and go to story time. <laughs> haunted campgrounds out of many but there's some true crime that is tied to a couple of these at least no which that's what i love you know how we're we're a little bit skittish around true crime yeah. right yeah but inserting them into things that are haunted it's my kind of my weird morbid passion so there you go the first one we're going to <laughs> is yes. big moose lake in inlet new york Big moose. Big moose. I wonder if there was a large moose there at some point. I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess. They probably saw a lot of big moose. All right. So Big Moose Lake, a three-mile-long body of water, is nestled in the Adirondack Mountains near Inlet, New York. There are three primitive tent camping sites around the lake, and each of the hiking trails have a lean-to on the shore of the lake. The Adirondack Mountains hold many spooky haunts and tales, which I'll probably try to do more of because there's a lot. Haunted mountains. Mm -hmm. But Big Moose Lake is known for a very specific legendary murder. (gasps) No. So I have pictures of these two. Yeah, they look like they're in the 1900s. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So this is the early 1900s. Grace Brown traveled to Cortland from South Otselic, I'm going to guess, Otselic, to work at the Gillette Skirt Factory. While working there, she met and fell in love with Chester Gillette, nephew of the factory owner. Gillette worked there, too, after his wealthy uncle took him in under his wing when Gillette couldn't find a job. So he's like, oh. hey, I need some work. And Nepotism. Like, yep, exactly. Mm-hmm. Brown and Gillette started dating in secret because, well, standards from the Gillette side, right? Mm-hmm. So she was just a factory worker, and the rich Gillette family had higher standards for him. Yep. Yep. It is said she loved him, but he was just having some fun with her. Uh-huh. Because obviously he he you know, he wants to marry something more, but he's like, Oh, you're pretty, let's, you know, secretly date. Yeah, so yeah. Boo. She's a little placeholder until exactly. he has to marry Rich. Exactly. Yeah. But then May of 1906, Brown told Gillette she was pregnant at 20 years old and Gillette was 23. As we have discussed in other episodes, an unwed mother at that time was looked upon with so much shame. How many countless episodes have we done about that? Yeah, like all of them. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's not countless. We've had like 50. Just so many. Whenever we're reporting on on, uh, wedding or like marriages or babies back in then it's like it just seems like it was so sad and so like frowned upon yeah if you're not led yeah it's very no-no back then yeah I'm glad it's still not like that I mean some places I'm sure are unfortunately like that but you know it's uh, a lot better (laughs) yeah 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 uh so she tried to convince him to marry her and she had to move back to her family's farm uh, I didn't do that. Sorry. Let's rewind. Okay. So she tried to convince him to marry her and she had to move back to her family's farm. So she desperately wrote to him, pleading with him to marry her. Oh, she just yeah. kind of couldn't take care of herself. She had her family back in the farm and yeah, written letters. 
There's no yeah. internet back then. Well, no. No. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine. No computers. No computers. No phone, no lights, no motor cars, not a single luxury. That is like completely opposite of what they... I don't know like, what that's from. What's that from? <gasps> like Robinson Crusoe. Oh. It's primitive as can be. Gilligan's, oh, Gilligan's Island. Island. Yeah, it's totally uh, has nothing it. to do with this, but you know, it just reminded me. <laughs> no internet, so no phone, no lights, no motor cars. Uh, I'm like on a... I love it. ...tear today. Okay. <laughs> All right. With a sigh of relief, Gillette did write back to her, stating he wanted to meet up with her in July to take her on a romantic getaway in the Adirondacks. <laughs> no, like, okay, I'll marry you. No, I'm going to take you away. Let's go away. Well, she no. thought he was going to either propose or even marry her. So Brown was ecstatic and agreed to it. So it's like, yeah. oh, you're going to take me out? Oh, yeah. is this like, you know, leading up to it? Cool. All right. Yep. The two met up in Utica and took a train around Tupper Lake and back. On July 11th, they stopped at Big Moose Lake. Brown would leave her trunk at the train station every time they would go somewhere, but Gillette insisted on taking his belongings everywhere. Warning sign. Mm-hmm. The two ended up renting a canoe and went out into the middle of Big Moose Lake. Note that in previous letters to Gillette, Brown had mentioned how miserable it was to be pregnant and not married, and two told him she wanted to die. She also oh. mentioned she didn't know how to swim. Oh, no. Yeah, let's put all that together, guys. So in the middle of the lake, Gillette reaches for a suitcase, grabs his tennis, tennis racket that's a tied to it, and bashes Brown's head with it. With a tennis racket? With a tennis racket. I oh even wrote this. Gosh. I was like, I guess they were, ri- they were made better back then. I like, know. It's like, you think tennis it rackets just, like, are, on are really light. Yes. So why why would a tenant I that back then this, I guess they're stronger. Okay, so this Gillette guy has zero imagination because basically he figured out, oh, she doesn't know how to swim. Okay. Yep. And she's not very bright herself. No, it doesn't or sound like she's it. just very much of a, a dreamer and is like, I want to Well, she grew up know. on a farm in a small, you know, land. Yeah, and area, he's like this so. big fancy man exactly. that she can, you know, he probably provides for talk her, to and, her and, Yeah. You know, Oh, this is such a bad situation with people not being smart. No. Nope. Oh. But a tennis racket? A tennis racket. <laughs> well, anyway, so he hits her. I mean, doesn't kill her, but she, like, falls into the water. Like, it, it bruises her really bad, and she falls into the water, and he does nothing about it. And well, she yeah. drowns. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that was his goal. That was his, that was his MO, yeah. So Gillette leaves her body in the lake along with the boat in the middle of the lake overturned and he checks into the Arrowhead Hotel in Inlet but under a different name. Did he swim back to shore? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Soon though Brown's body does resurface. Her autopsy reveals bruises on her head along with the four month old fetus in her belly. Mm. Thankfully Gillette was arrested within days of the discovery of Brown's body as well as finding his broken tennis racket buried near the shore. Oh, dumb, dumb. Very dumb, dumb. He's so not smart. No, he's just, he's so arrogant that he thinks he's not going to get caught. Yeah. Oh, it was a highly covered and attended murder, uh, murder in the small town. The, sorry, the court. Mm -hmm. So Gillette pled not guilty and claimed (laughs) Brown jumped into the lake to commit suicide. And that when Gillette stood up to save her and the boat capsized. Uh, Yeah, sure. (laughs) Dumb, Uh, dumb. (laughs) 
prosecution came back that Gillette indeed hit her over the head and did nothing to save her from drowning. December 5th, 1906, after five hours of deliberation, Gillette was found guilty by the jury, murder in the first degree. He was sentenced to death by electric chair. Oh, okay. So we have a little bit of justice going on. Yep, when it was when it was uh, allowed. <laughs> Apparently, when the sentence was administered, Gillette was calm and smiling. Why? Don't know. I mean, uh, maybe he can ask him. But maybe his brain stopped working. I don't know. <sighs> Gillette was executed March thirtieth of nineteen oh eight, but supposedly right before he confessed to the murder to his spiritual advisors in prison. This gruesome tale was put into song. The Ballad of Big Moose Lake, and inspired the 1925 novel An American Tragedy, a 1926 play, the 1951 movie A Place in the Sun, and even a 2005 opera, also titled An American Tragedy. Tragedy. Oh. Have you ever heard of the opera? Uh, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I. I'm sure I have, but yeah. I, you know, it was. Oh, I don't Interesting, know. I know. Right? Yeah. I've learned and forgotten so much music. I'm sure. Me then. too. <laughs> I feel you. All right. Since Grace Brown's passing, people claim to see her ghost in and around Big Moose Lake. Usually people see her as a residual haunting where she's in the middle of the lake drowning and calling for help. Oh, but some see her wandering around the lake shore, even visiting the small cottages and settlements. Not sure why she does this, but it's thought that Brown is seen trying to extinguish all the lights in the homes. Oh, put out the lights. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Aww. She's just so sad. Yeah. On the website unsolved.com, which pulled from the TV show Unsolved Mysteries, employees of the Covewood Lodge on Big Moose Lake, including Rhonda Busella, I'm going to say that, felt and witnessed something quite eerie while they were approaching the staff lodge. She said, I walked into the staff lodge straight up the stairs with my hand out, reaching for a string, which is how to turn on the light. As I approached the top of the stairs and just before I was ready to turn out the light, a feeling came over me that somebody was right there. More or less, I stopped in my tracks and really just didn't move. I didn't have an overwhelming feeling of fright, but something definitely or someone was there and it just kind of took my breath away. But her friends were outside and Rhonda said all three of them had the same exact story. Ooh. It lingered for just a few seconds and then moved away. All three of them saw the ghost. I didn't see anything myself, but I felt that somebody was right there and it was just a strange feeling. Dude, that's pretty cool. Right? So she felt it and her friends saw it. Yes. Oh, that's pretty cool. Quick, quick ghost. Yeah. Then a few months after this happened, Linda Lee Mackin stated, I was walking down toward the lake with my flashlight and the light was getting dimmer and dimmer. By the time I got to the edge of the lake and the rocks, my flashlight wasn't working. So I had to turn around and go back. I was awestruck and not only I was certain that I was looking at a ghost, but I had a very strong feeling of sadness. She Aww. was very sad. <laughs> yeah, because I'm... I don't think she wanted to die. That was probably pregnancy no. hormones talking yes. and her just trying to desperately get Gillette to marry her. Mm -hmm. And like, maybe if I tell him I'm going, I want to die unless he marries me. That's like <laughs> a very severe ultimatum. Right. And so she thought he was finally like taking her up on it. And no, because nope. he's ugh. selfish. 
selfish and arrogant. Yep. That's what you get, man. Disgusting. Next, we have the Holy Ghost Campground in Torero, New Mexico. I got a picture for you. <gasps> That's so pretty. It's really gorgeous. Situated 16 miles north of Pecos, this campground has 23 sites and is situated in a beautiful steep canyon along Holy Ghost Creek. The U.S. <laughs> yeah. That's an ominous name. I know. Well, the U.S. Forest Service translated the area's Spanish name, Espiritu Santo, Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. and applied it to the campground. Oh, okay. That's the only reason why. It is a beautiful campground that is part of the Santa Fe National Forest, but we be aware as there are many terrifying stories that surround this oh, area. Oh, no. Now, the original tale of why Holy Ghost is so spooky is that back in the 17th century, it is said that the Pueblo tribe revolted against the Spanish because they were trying to convert them to Christianity. Uh-huh. All the Spanish natives fled except for one priest. Upset about the torture and forced slavery the Spanish put them through, they slaughtered the priest. That makes sense. Yes. But... There is a conflicting tale that states the priest had killed the Native Americans. I don't know which one's oh, true. Somebody killed somebody. Yes. And it created the priest bad died. juju. Yes. Okay. The priest, no matter what, he died on the land. Okay. And some who stay at the site claim to see the ghostly apparition of a priest haunting the woods. Hmm. Campers will claim to see shadows walking through the trees. Some think it's the priest, while others think it's the Pueblo people. Mysterious lights are also seen floating through the woods. Ooh. As if that's not spooky enough, Outside.com interviewed local ghost tour guide Alan Pacheco, and he said, There are a number of people who have gone missing in the surrounding Pecos Wilderness vicinity. It's like the Bermuda Triangle of New Mexico. People huh. disappear into thin air. Is it like a portal? Could be. I wouldn't doubt that. Because New Mexico has, where where's the, there's portals in New Mexico, Stargates right? were in New, they were in Arizona, I believe. Arizona. But that's okay. close. Yeah. Yeah. No oh, idea. Okay. No clothings or bones are ever found. Yeah, see? Yep. It's a portal. It's a portal. And according to Pacheco, <laughs> people have also spotted UFOs, seen strange shadows, and heard voices. He claims the speculation is the area holds a cosmic doorway or portal. Yay, see, I got it right. <laughs> Look at I'm learning, guys. Le I'm learning. <laughs> now, all over websites, people state that in this campground, there have been gruesome car accidents, brawls between bikers due to paranormal activity. <laughs> I, don't, I tried to research that. <laughs> no idea where that came from. That's awesome. That's so They're funny. just beating each other up. Like, okay. So I've been watching Mayans MC. That's right. There <laughs> Which, you go. Shout out to Matt. Yay. He works on that. Uh, her Nicole's husband yep. does sound for that. Yep. So, but anyway, so yeah, I've been watching Mayans MC, and so in my brain, I'm like, it's the Mayans <laughs> and the Sons of Anarchy, like having this big brawl, and like <laughs> these ghosts are everywhere. <laughs> it makes no sense. It's so funny. Like urging them to fight. I'm sure it's not funny if they're like, if this is a it's real serious. thing, and they're really. I don't know. I could not find anything about it other than this one website. But so. the concept of it is yeah. just hilarious. Right. Like, what? Why are they fighting over ghosts? What does that even mean? Maybe the energy, the juju. I don't know. The, they have like the little devil sitting on yeah. their shoulders, like yelling at them <laughs> to go fight. And then they leave and they're like, what happened? Uh, <laughs> it's like the berserkers. So you know about 
berserkers or people or the Vikings that would go berserk, oh, berserkers. Yes. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. would drink a, a special tea. Oh, it's probably like quote mushroom unquote, tea. Special tea <laughs> that would make them go berserk. So it would like heighten their senses and make them just oh, cocaine. <laughs> cocaine. It's probably some cocaine. Uh, I don't remember what the blend was that right what was in it but it would it was definitely a drug crazy, that right? would make them crazed and go into this rage and fun yeah so maybe it's a little bit of they're eating a little something <laughs> cocaine something, something special and the devil's on their shoulder telling them to i don't know fight. but yeah that's crazy. there's apparently brawls Brawled, such a, I don't know why that struck me as funny and weird. Probably because I've been watching, you know, so the, much of the Mayans. Yeah, no, that makes sense. <laughs> so funny. Uh, they also hear sounds of chanting in the forest and state troopers that disappear. <gasps> oh, but okay. I tried researching that last tidbit and I couldn't find anything about a state trooper disappearing in the Holy Ghost campground. They're covering it up. It is a oh, big government go. conspiracy. Yeah, I Put on your it. conspiracy theory hats. Well, it's people. a big alien thing going. Yeah, so there you go. <laughs> well, apparently we all know there's aliens and we just don't care. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, yeah, but we're all poor. How do we help this? Guys, this government? is this is going to be uh, coming soon because I'm sure all of you have been seeing all of this like, yeah, there's aliens and the whole government did the whole. There was the release. A, the, the, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You guys know what we're talking about. <laughs> It's all over TikTok. It's but everywhere. It's so funny. I'm like, yeah, nobody. Why isn't it a big deal, people? <laughs> like, <laughs> we're we, all so nonchalant about I it. I know. Yeah, okay, it's so we know. weird that people aren't like, aliens? What? And we aren't going off on that. Well, my husband, he's like, well, until you pull out an alien body, I'm not going to believe it. I'm like, oh, okay. But okay. He needs to see it. He needs to see the proof. He needs to see He's it one and of those like people. poke it. Which He's I'm a guessing, doubting Thomas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which I'm guessing most people are. That's probably why they're so nonchalant about it. They're people like, are like oh, yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. We've okay. heard there's aliens forever. Exactly. And, yeah. yeah. There's all whistleblowers all over throughout the time. But anyway, who knows? Who knows? But coming soon, we'll probably be doing another alien episode, guys, with all this whoop, whoop. alien information so coming many. out there. Yeah. <laughs> so, so many crazy. stories, man. <laughs> All right, but lastly, Outside.com wrote this on their 2019 article about the most haunted campgrounds. On Friday, October 18th, after this story published, a group of outside editors bravely spent the night at Holy Ghost to investigate the claims of paranormal activity. The night passed peacefully, but the next morning, associate managing editor Alita Berchiski got up early to fish the nearby Holy Ghost Creek. About 10 minutes in, her hook got snagged on a root along the bank. As Berchiski worked to free the hook, she saw a dark figure of a man in her peripheral vision approaching her. He was walking weird, kind of loping, Berchiski says. Initially, she thought it was her husband coming over to tell her how cold he was, walking strangely in an attempt to warm up. But then I turned to say hi, she says, and nobody was there. It was Bigfoot. <laughs> <laughs> That's a new also thing. I don't know. This is when this releases. It's probably be a few weeks. Uh, Yellowstone. Someone's claiming to have seen two Bigfoot. Ah. Yeah. Okay, we'll have to do another. Oh, guys, we are coming up with <laughs> with ideas on the fly here. Yeah, it is time to do another big fit. Yes. We haven't done one in we a while. Will. Yeah, we'll do another one. They're claiming that it could have been grizzly bears. Because they always say it's grizzly bears. Right. They look nothing alike. Right. But they're apparently like right before the sighting, they're saying that the, someone else saw two big ones with two cubs. 
So they're like, was it them first or maybe? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But look it up because. OK, I'll yeah. look it up. Yeah. Bigfoot do not look anything like bears. No, they stand up and they walk. <laughs> <laughs> totally different body shapes. Yeah. Totally different legs and yes. arm lengths and head shapes and everything's different. different you yeah. don't look anything like. No. So there you go. But yeah. Isn't that crazy? They did a, the whole research and they someone saw something. Ah, that's awesome. Spooky. So Holy Ghost Campground. Okay. We're going to go over to West Augusta. West Augusta. <laughs> Can't talk. Okay. We're going to West Augusta, Virginia, and we're going to what's called Braley Pond. Braley Pond. Have you noticed there's a lot of water? Yeah. Around these campgrounds, I think they're all water actually. Yeah, Holy Ghost, well, creek. Yeah, there yeah, you go. there's a creek there. So water, I feel like is is a conductor of energy. Yeah, there so, you go. Yeah, there's going to be way more paranormal activity around around water based campgrounds. I think. Yeah, I think so. I too. just realized that I didn't even do that. I didn't plan that. <laughs> Ooh, uh, you're learning too, just like right <laughs> on the fly. Both doing jazz hands right jazz now, people. <laughs> that's that's who we are when we find something <laughs> exciting. Jazz hands. <laughs> I love it. That's oh. a beautiful picture. Yeah, I was going to say, here it is. Yeah. There's Braley Pond. Amidst the George Washington and Jefferson National Forest near West Augusta, Virginia, you will come to a small recreation area called Braley Pond. There are no reservations needed to camp, and there are great hiking trails as well as paths for mountain biking. It has a well-maintained day-use picnic area, a stocked pond, and has five primitive campsites. But this serene area is also believed to be one of the most haunted places in Virginia, nay, the United States. Whoa. Even though most paranormal investigations have not proven anything supernatural is going on, people claim to hear children laughing when there are none present and spirits. Children laughing, people <laughs> passing, meetings. I don't know if you want to come here during smile. Christmas, but you can try. Spirits are hovering over the creek. Oh, that's cool. That's a little spooky. However, let me tell you about a couple of events that happened at Braley Pond that may leave you with goosebumps. <laughs> Paranormal activity seemed to frequent Braley Pond after the night of May 22nd, 2003. 19-year-old Christopher Kennedy was part of a local gang, and the other members learned that he was thinking of going to the police with information about the gang members. Uh-oh. Yeah, two other members were ordered to punish him for it. They then lured Kennedy to Braley Pond and ended up stabbing him 13 times and dumping his lifeless body into the pond. Well, that's more than punishing him. That is like eliminating him. Yeah. So the I read the whole uh, court case because it was on it's online. Uh -huh. I'll link it. So they said that um, the the main gang leader they were all meeting up at night. They wanted he just wanted them to punish him. So they thought right. they were, you know to beat him. You know. Yeah. 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 But they ended up killing him. They came back and reported it. And the gang member was like, I told you to, you know, beat them, not kill them. Yeah. Oh, well, okay, it's done. Yeah. Uh, oh, well, I oh, well. really like yeah. what can he do at that point anyway? You're but... right. So poor guy. Uh, so then in. Goddamn right, I ordered the code red. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay. October 2003, paranormal researcher and empath Shay Willis was told about haunted Braley Pond. Her friend and other paranormal researcher Chris Arnold, and this name was changed to protect, protect his identity, mentioned the murder and reputation. But other than that, Shay was intrigued and said she'd go research, but just with that minimal info. So she didn't want everything. She wanted to feel it and sense it. 
Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So with her paranormal interest group of about a dozen or so teenagers in tow, they decide to check out Braley Pond. When they arrived in the early afternoon, they all felt off. For Willis, she told the DIRT website, D-Y-R-T website, Mm -hmm. it was so heavy as to be almost palatable. I knew immediately that this feeling was not my own. I was feeling something that belonged to someone else. Mm -hmm. They made their way to the dam area of the pond and suddenly two of the teenagers felt physically sick. They panicked and had to sit by the edge of the woods to gather themselves. And at the same time, Willis was also feeling very nauseous. She said she had never been frightened by the paranormal before, but she was on this trip and said, I was surprised by my reaction to it. It was definitely the strongest reaction I've ever had. And I've gone on thousands of investigations in some really strange places. I've been into places that, you know, six foot, 250 pound men wouldn't go. Mm -hmm. So with that, the group didn't want to stick around anymore and they left. But Willis and Arnold decided to return later that night. Just the two of them. Okay. When they returned, she wrote in her journal in which she documented all her paranormal investigations that I felt as though it was waiting for us. Hmm. When they crossed the same bridge the group had ventured over earlier that afternoon, she said her and Arnold both were overcome with a feeling of fear and dread. She wrote in her journal that she had sensed another presence behind the original one and that it didn't feel like the others and that, in fact, it didn't even feel human. Uh-oh. Yes. So once they reached the top of the dam near climbing, after climbing a long set of stairs, they heard something in the water splashing. Uh-oh. So these are her pictures I'm showing Angela. Put those uh-huh. on social. So these are the big, long set of stairs. Yes, that is a big, long set of and stairs. And this is kind of going down to the pond. <laughs> yeah. That looks creepy. Yes. Then Arnold spotted a large green glowing orb at the top of a very tall pine tree. It looked as if it was nestled in the branches, but at roughly 30 to 40 feet in the air. Suddenly it disappeared, and then they heard violent splashing in the pond soon after. Willis stated it was loud enough to have been the size of a full-grown person. Interesting. Now, if that wasn't enough, they both felt something was darting directly at them. So this made them hightail it out of there. So coming from the pond. Right. Yeah. So, okay. I have my skeptic pants on with this one. I keep, yeah. I don't really know why they're on for this one, but I think, I mean, they're, they're on firmly because my brain is like, yeah, it's a fully stocked pond. So, and fish bite at night. So Mm -hmm. yeah, they're splashing. It makes sense, especially if it's fully stocked. If a lot of fish are in a feeding frenzy, it's going to sound like a person splashing in the water. That makes sense. Okay. Anytime you get a group of teenagers together. Right. But this they're is gonna just two get of them. Like, uh, it's two of them now, but right. they're going to, earlier in the day, of, yes. they're going to feed off each other's energy and create a hysteria because that's what teenagers do. Not necessarily on purpose, but that's what happens. Right. Like we've all been teenagers. We know how that works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's true. You get together, you're sensitive, you have these hysteria moments, whether they're real or not. I don't think teenagers are a necessarily a good indicator, especially if you have a group of them together. Sure. Yeah. That makes of, sense. Of whether or not something paranormal is happening. And uh, yeah, I, she, I understand she's an experienced empath and, but I, I still have my skeptic pants on with her right now because I feel like she's leading it on. Yes. Okay. 
Okay. I'm gonna anyway, give you keep some more. going. Yeah, keep going. You tell me later what you think. Okay. Okay. But when they were running down on the bridge toward the stairs, Willis saw Arnold unnaturally fly upwards and to the left as if something pushed him in the middle of the back and he fell into the water. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> thankfully, Arnold reassured Willis he was okay, but yelled at her to keep running. As soon as she stood upright from the pond, Willis claims at that moment, something jumped onto her back. She described it as feeling like a two long inch worm humping its way arm to arm and across the back of her head. Ew. <laughs> In her journal, she described it as psychic jelly and as, and as if it had tentacles. Ew. <laughs> Arnold somehow had already climbed out of the pond and reached the truck before Willis. So when Willis reached the truck, she started screaming, there's something on me, there's something on me inside the truck. Arnold couldn't see anything, but Willis was at that point was completely upset and crying. She insisted it was crawling all over her. After that night, she felt whatever crawled onto her kept trying to communicate with her, especially through nightmares. She described it as little bits and pieces of it were still stuck with me. She even would catch herself drawing pictures of tentacle blobs while at work. Trying to make sense of that insane trip, she revisited Braley Pond a few times in November of that year. What happened and what they witnessed didn't make much sense. Willis said they caught beavers acting really strange in the water and their video camera batteries would drain suddenly on one occasion. Hmm. Willis said that she even went back by herself as if drawn to the pond. And on that specific trip, she ended up bent over and staring down into the toilet of the park's bathroom. She had no recollection of how she ended up there and only remembered driving into the parking lot. So she was oh, in a trance. Weird. Okay. This all culminated to a few weeks later when Willis and her husband were home in bed watching television one night when their eight-year-old son started screaming in the living room. They scrambled to him and found him pointing to a corner of the living room. They asked what had happened, and their son said he saw a guy standing there with multiple holes in his chest, wet and covered in blood. Oh. How do you console a little boy who sees such a thing? Well, Willis just says, hey, it was probably just a shadow. <laughs> to her eight-year-old. Okay, wait. The, the... What? I put WTF. <laughs> no, this woman. I... Okay, so many thoughts. Yes, people, you guys have so many thoughts. I'm sure you're right there with me on this one right now. Like, what the fuck? Right? <laughs> she, okay, she brought this home she with her. Home. Obviously, she brought it home with her. Yeah. She is a paranormal investigator and a psychic, and right? she knows exactly what this is. Right? Why would she be explaining it away if her son is demonstrating the same things? She should be like. He's got it too. Yep. Yeah. Why wouldn't she say, yes, my son, this is, this is the boy that was stabbed at, like, this is something that happened and he's visiting and he's trying to communicate. She of Don't all be people afraid. should know that yeah. you have to explain. He's eight. He's, he's eight. old enough. He is she old can, enough. Yeah. She can explain that yeah. to him. Yep. She of all people should know that you have to explain things like that to, to kids when right? they see things like that. Don't brush it off. I don't understand her all right now. That's so bizarre. <laughs> right? I'm like angry with her. I don't get it. Right. That was so. Unless she was like totally in shock and like she didn't know what to say to maybe, her kid. But maybe. Like, but still at some point you would have a conversation. I don't know. If one because of my what kids, happens if it keeps happening? Like. 
if, if one she, of my kids said something like that to me, I would absolutely just take a breath and explain it to them and be like, okay, you're not crazy. That That is what you see and that is real and you probably have those powers and this is who I think it is and I would do right. what I can to help them figure it out. Yeah. So that Some they heavy would feel conversation, more But you got to do it. Yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not about, I have heavy conversations with my kids all the time, probably way too much. They're, <laughs> they're like, mom, because whenever, they, yeah, whenever I see an opportunity, I dive in and I go for it. And I, you know, we have these conversations I don't want them to be scared to come talk to me about exactly. anything. Exactly. No, I like that. And so anyway, so I'm, I go. probably exaggerate in the other way, but like, man, <laughs> I don't understand her at all right now with this. That is insane to me. Oh my well, okay, let me finish it and we'll talk more. Okay. So time passed though and Willis said she finally started to feel like herself again and whatever was attached to her disappeared. I don't know how that works, but okay. She revisited Braley Pond in 2007 and said it was a quaint trip with nothing happening to her. She claimed that whatever was at Braley Pond four years prior had simply vanished. Yeah, she took it with her. <laughs> She did not do a very good job. Obviously, the kid, the guy that got stabbed to death, that 19-year-old kid, whatever his name was. I'm sorry. I don't remember what your name is. Oh, it's Kennedy. This is Kennedy. That's his last name. Yeah, Kennedy. So he needed help. He needed to have his story out there. There's obviously information that he wanted to share, and that's why he worked so hard to attach himself to right. somebody who was psychic was and could too. sense him. Yeah. Uh, and she of all people should know that these are people that she's dealing with. It's not like it's, it's a person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He had tentacles. He's prob well, that's she probably, that's probably the only way he could grab onto her. Well, she said there, she, there was something there that wasn't human at the same time. So it was him and then a, a demonic so. entity. Then. Yeah. So she felt that she had the de demonic entity. Something. Well, I feel like though she has psychic friends in the community. She would probably bring it to them. I feel like that's what I would do. I would be more responsible about it and be like, okay, look, I have this. This right. came with me and I need to and sort it out. And now your son's seeing the, the murdered Especially victim. Especially when my kid starts seeing the right. murdered victim. I would be like, okay, we've got to sort this out instead yeah. of just going, and then put him at peace. Just a shadow. Go sage to the lake as much as you can. Let him free. Like, that's probably what it was. He's probably yeah. just still. He needs help. Yes. He needed help. Yeah. And she, well, just, she doesn't feel anything anymore. So I don't know if he did get the help, I'm uh, guessing. But yeah. Well, he's not seeking it from her if he didn't. <laughs> Dude, she's upsetting me. <laughs> I can't tell. I know, right? I keep it so, so close to I the nest on this. I don't know. Does she upset you people? <laughs> Let us know. <laughs> I want to know. This is, she's so frustrating to me. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't get it either. It was just the. Con it was very confusing to me at the whole like the end result of all that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like you're. I don't know. It's <laughs> mm, try to help people. That's all. Yeah. There, there's a moral of the story. Yeah. Yeah. If you if you are blessed with these abilities, use them wisely and use them well and use them to help yeah. others. Don't. I don't know. To me, that was just like running away <laughs> so frustrating and such like a waste and there were so many opportunities where she could have used it to help educate her kid and to and help maybe sort out what happened there and she says she's done so many cases too that's what i was gonna say i was like oh maybe she's new nope she's no, not new she's been around the block she yeah. said she's been in places that you know giant men are terrified to go into right and then so, i mean i don't understand why this why, one was different yeah what why she didn't do her job to me, that's not doing your job. Yeah. 
I don't, I don't know. I wasn't there, so I don't really know everything that went on. And I don't know if she did resolve some of these things, but like the story that I'm getting right now, it's just very frustrating. Like, yeah, maybe the interview cut out some things too. Who knows? We maybe don't have the whole picture, but still it is kind of strange though. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. We're going to go to our last campground. Okay. Hopefully it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't anger you as much. We go to California. Yay. So we're in Lake Moreno County Park, Campo, California. Again, water. Water. Yes. In eastern San Diego County, Lake Moreno County Park is a 3,250 acre park with eight miles of multi-use trails for hikers, mountain bikers, and horseback riders. It sounds like you can't swim in the lake, but you can fish trout or trout fish. Uh, yes. Yeah. 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 That's trout true fish. for a lot of California lakes. Um, if they're part of the reservoir system, you usually can't swim in them. Good to know. Yeah. Didn't so, know but you can boat in them. Yes. You can boat and, and you fish. can fish, yeah. but you can't Just swim. Can't in swim. Them. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. There are 86 campsites as well as 10 wilderness cabins you can rent. And 17 of those 86 campsites have water and electric hookups and 40 have full hookups, which is kind of cool. Yeah. It is another beautiful camping area, but beware, Lake Morena has been given the amongst the top ranks of most haunted campgrounds in the United States. The reason the multiple ghosts that haunt the grounds as and ones that have been corroborated by multiple people, park volunteers and park rangers. Yay. Yay. I love it when the park rangers see them. Yep. Now, the first haunted soul is that of a lady in white, or what locals call the white lady. She's usually seen around the lake gliding along, but not harming anybody. Someone on Yelp in 2011 even wrote in that she is most often seen near the first large patch of boulders west of the campground. She will appear in the middle of the night just staring at people. (laughs) <laughs> Spooky. that's one <laughs> then you have a more malicious entity with a very sad tale it is said this young girl named millie was tortured by her mother Aww. then eventually murdered on the lake marina campgrounds a medium felt her pain as one time millie screamed in pain which caused her mother to slash her from ear to ear <gasps> oh no Millie has pale skin, blonde hair, and dons a bloody apron. It is said that she is filled with a murderous rage, so hopefully you do not glimpse her spectral figure. Apparently, she's going to come after you, apparently. Does she, like, make you feel like you want to murder, or does she make you feel like you're going to be murdered? I think she makes you feel like you're going to be murdered. Oh, no, Millie. No, thank you. Yeah, she's very upset. Oh, Millie. Yeah, poor Millie. But let's discuss the article that was published in 1983 by the San Diego Union, where they had stories from campers and rangers of their own paranormal encounters. Yeah, a long time ago. In 1981, the former dam keeper lived in the then 50-year-old house that was the first structure to be built on the land. While living there, the keeper had company stay the night on two separate occasions. On the first occasion, the guests sleeping on the couch were awakened by the sound of heavy footsteps that were slowly walking around their makeshift bed. When they looked around, no one was there to cause the noise. <laughs> the second time, a female that was asleep on the fold-out bed awoke to sounds in the middle of the night. When she sat up in bed, she noticed 
a baby's christening gown in the corner of the room slowly move and then it came slowly towards her floating across the room why (laughs) the gown brushed her cheek floated back to where it came from and it disappeared what why i don't know that's so weird it's so creepy i don't like it i don't either i don't like it the guest insisted she was completely awake to witness the strange event <laughs> what would you do if that happened i would not sleep you? there anymore <laughs> i'd be like nope i'm out of here yeah, bye. Bye. i'll sleep in the car <laughs> yeah it's fine i'm good <laughs> goodbye that home has been demolished since then, but campers who stay the night in the same vicinity hear those same heavy footsteps and experience strange things. When they get up to check who is making so much noise around their tents or cabins, they find the campground silent and still. The footsteps do not retreat. They sound as if they stopped and vanished. Oh, what? I don't know who it is. Who are you? Stop stomping around yeah, me. Yeah, I'm trying to sleep. It's Bigfoot. <laughs> <laughs> but he's not running away, so it's like, yeah. he's an it's alien. Just stomp, stomp, Aliens. stomp, and then nothing. Yeah, there you go. Mm. I don't know. Park volunteer Walter Stucker was interviewed by the San Diego Union. He stated that while in bed in his motor home at Lake Morena, something loud startled him awake. He took a peek outside the open window near his bed and found himself looking, quote unquote, right at a tall man standing outside my window. He was wearing a dark coat and a knitted foul weather cap. Both made eye contact before this tall stranger turned and walked towards the lake. The man was making very deliberate steps, but as Stucker watched him walk away, he noticed his feet were about six to seven feet off the ground. Feet? Feet. Six to seven feet. Feet. Off the ground. Off the ground. So, okay. So he's already tall. So this motorhome is probably he's, tall already. He's, well, yeah. <laughs> he's tall. And then he's also a tall, tall, like an NBA player up yes, off the ground. Exactly. <laughs> Just walking away. <laughs> what? Oh, my gosh. A close ditch that was washed away by rain was right in front of this entity. And he just glided over the air above it. Dude. So after Stucker experienced this and other spooky things, probably the same thing over and over again, he walked into the ranger station, turned his keys in, and simply said, I'm leaving. Goodbye. <laughs> He's like, no, nope. Not going to do Not it. Not going to do it anymore. I'm done. Oh, man. Then there are the experiences that supervisor Ranger Tracy Walker that was written about in the San Diego Union. He recalls that he was in the converted back office of his ranger station, which used to be an old concession building constructed in the 1920s. The building was surrounded by trees with lots of leaves on the ground. While in the back office, he heard distinct footsteps outside to the point he stopped his work and intended to go find out who it was. But before he could even leave the office, he heard the footsteps accelerate, come around to the side door and stop. That side door was only 12 feet away from Ranger Walker, and he then heard the wooden lintel that extended under the door, both inside and out. So it's just kind of a big, long wood plank. Yeah. It creaked. Then the doorknob turned. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. It spooked Walker since he didn't see anyone where the noises were right in front of him. So he calls his wife to come down to witness what he just witnessed. (laughs) So she comes in. They lock the door and went in together to the back room where Walker was originally. They waited only a short while because the footsteps then repeated themselves. And they both heard them and heard the lintel creak again and the knob turn. 
and nobody was and there. nobody was there oh man would you do that to your husband you'd be like <laughs> Matt, yes! get in here come see this come if see they this. were close <laughs> enough yes i would make them come i'd make anybody who was there I'm like you gotta witness this I would be like, peace out. I'd be yeah. like the other guy and turn in my keys. Be like, nope, <laughs> peace out. No, but you got to be like, I'm not crazy. Like, Actually, what I would do is I would go, hello, and like yell and then try to find the person that was coming. Yeah. Cause, but there's nobody yeah. there. Yeah. Well, this day and age, 1980s, they didn't have cell phones. So I would have whipped out my cell phone. I, I would have gone looking for the person. Yeah. Yeah. In the 80s, yeah, I would have. You would have video videoed it. In the right. 80s, if no, I had no, like now. a little camcorder. Yeah, yeah. Now, yeah, I would have pulled up my phone yeah. and, and been like, okay, everyone take that. And then, and I would have, you know, filmed myself so that I right. would have video proof of like, this is what happened to me if I don't make it. <laughs> 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 Find this camera <laughs> and see what happened to me in my final moments here. Yeah, that would be scary. Yeah. Oh my gosh. This, the, okay, I'm going to, this is like a dumb story. It's not supernatural at all. But to me, in my brain, it was. When I was, let's see, before I had my youngest, so this is about nine or 10 years ago before I had my youngest, uh-huh. and I was working out a lot um, at this one gym, and the the gym owner liked to make videos of his clients so that he could, you know, promote the gym and, and whatever. So mm-hmm. I was helping him with a video, and so he filmed me. He's like, this is a stay-at-home mom workout or whatever. And he's like, you can do these things around. It was, it was kind of a dumb thing, but... <laughs> you know, he filmed me doing a workout and we were working out in the front of the building because he wanted to make it look like these are workouts that you can do around your house. It was kind of the idea of this video that we were filming, although we were at the gym in the front of the gym. Okay. okay. So I'm doing the workout, doing things. He's filming me. And then uh, he sent me the video and I'm watching it at home so that I can see, you know, what it looks like and give him feedback, whatever. So I'm watching the video and then I hear these like beeping sounds which we had an alarm on on our house Mm -hmm. at the time this is my old house and it was the same sound like somebody's coming if somebody opens a door you know you get the beep 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 yeah you get the beep 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 whenever a door I remember that yeah yeah yeah. so I heard the beep 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 and and I was home by myself my kids were either sleeping or at school and they can't open doors because they were little (laughs) so I was like hello who's here hello and I'm going around my house trying to find no doors were open <gasps> nobody was there Spooky. and I was like what is going on and then you know every time I watched the video I would hear the beep beep beeps and I'm like who's coming in my house And I was like getting mad until I finally realized that those beep beep beeps were happening at the same time in the video and when we were every in the time. front of the store we were in the front of the gym and that's where the gym doors <laughs> are and somebody was coming <laughs> into the gym <laughs> <laughs> so it messed you so up. So it messed me up. But that's how I know I would look for whoever was opening the door because that's what I did that's when it was happening in my house. <laughs> that's so funny. Hello, Hello. Who's, here? who's in my house? <laughs> All right, we continue because this isn't too much. But uh, three weeks later, Ranger Walker. Okay, he mentioned that a Ranger logbook rested on a table was just disappeared. What happened it to vanished. it? Oh, no. Later that night, the logbook reappeared in the ranger bathtub. <laughs> like, why? why is it laying in there? Someone took it and oh, then no. threw it in there. Now, this article was republished in 2014. There are two comments posted that I want to share. Okay, okay, okay. Okay. 
P. Watson. On August 17th and 18th, my family and I camped on a site that overlooked the ocean. It sat about 20 to 30 feet from the beach itself. The sighting happened on the dark colored sand that has a wet sheen or about 50 feet from where I was. I saw a faint light that I first thought might be a reflection of a star, but then the light grew a little brighter and moved slowly southward along the beach. I later matched the speed to be about the same as a person walking. As it moved, the light morphed a little and almost appeared to take the shape of a person for the last two or three seconds. In total, I think I saw this light about 20 to 30 seconds long enough to call my wife over, and she saw the light for about the last two seconds. She said it was probably algae, but there was no depth to the water, just the shine of wet sand, and the movement was like that of a person walking, and the light just faded to zero at the end. The white color did not match the white color of the foaming water or anything, and it was just plain strange to me. Ooh, so it's like, okay, that's cool. That's neat. Last one from Kenny Barnwell. I grew up in Campo and spent many a night in and around Lake Morena. There are wild things that go on there. I have personally had two UFO experiences near the ah. lake. <laughs> one of which involved a glowing orb that sat motionless only 30 feet from me. The other was a massive illuminated craft that slowly floated across the horizon. My friend and I also drove past a very strange creature late one night, looked half human, half monkey, and stood on two legs. Bigfoot. Bigfoot. Nearly everyone who has lived uh, for en any extended amount of time in Lake Morena Village has a story to tell. I could write a book from all the stories my friends have told me, not even counting the crazy things I've seen myself. Oh, that's cool. How fun. So Campo, we got to go. We got to go to Campo. We'll go to San Diego and we'll go to Campo. Yeah, we And we can there. go to uh, go visit Elsie and Lake Elsinore. Oh, that's right. Yes. Okay. In the Ortega Highway. Yes. Uh, <laughs> we need to drive. That's our Vegas excursion when we go over there to see all our spooky things. Yeah. Yeah. We got to go check that out. Mom trips. Mom, Mom trips. trips. Yay. So those are my hand haunted campgrounds. Like I said, there's a lot more. Oh, it's so good. Um, but yeah, these four, I didn't realize, I seriously didn't realize that all four of them had water attached to them. Oh. Yeah, water, man. It's a theme, man. It's a thing. <laughs> That's so cool. Yep. I enjoyed that so much. If you guys have any stories from any haunted campgrounds that you guys have been to, we want to know. Yes. Email us at theominousstitch at gmail.com. If you or you can jump on any of our social medias and comment on there because yep. we want to hear from you. We love hearing from our listeners. Angela. You, yes. Have you had any, I should have asked you at the beginning, have you had haunted experiences at campgrounds? Uh, I've been to campgrounds that have been really eerie. There was one we went to Bass Lake, which is kind of outside of uh, Yosemite. And we were, it was our last night there. Bass Lake is beautiful, but it does get that kind of misty, eerie Ooh, feeling on it, you yeah. know? Uh, and it's it's really, it's really cool and really kind of like, eerie feeling and ominous feeling but we were at a campground at bass lake it was our last night there mm -hmm. and i heard in the middle of the night these men that were kind of camping near us and some of them were coughing really really hard and really really like forcefully and loud and it sounded like they couldn't get in the air they couldn't breathe mm -hmm. and they were kind of choking sounding and some other guys were laughing and then one guy would be like kill him kill him and then that coughing would stop and then they would 
be less one less person that sounded like they were there. And then it would happen again. And then the noises would die down, but I always hear some like really gruff sound going, kill him, kill him. And I was like, what is going on? (laughs) And it was like laughter and coughing until there was one voice left. And I was terrified because we were, everyone was asleep except for me. It woke me up because I'm Uh a light sleeper. And I'm like, we just got to get out of here. We got to get out of here. And so like the next morning we packed up and we left. I didn't say anything to anybody. I didn't tell anybody anything. But that was probably the scariest thing that's happened to me at a campground. You were in an RV, right? We were. Yeah, we have a, we have a trailer. So we were in the trailer, but our trailer is, has, um, tents that pop out on the side that's right yeah yeah. so when you pop them out it's like you're on a platform tent right and then the middle part is you know a normal trailer Mm -hmm. so you get you know you get the camping experience you're like i'm in a tent but then you're also in your trailer at the same time spooky so it's it's really cool because you know but it's it is just canvas between you and the outside world so it's kind of like oh okay (laughs) when i was a little girl i loved camping my dad would take us out um, to like actual hike with our, our tents. We'd set mm-hmm. up in the middle of the woods. We'd, you know, camp, we didn't have an RV. So I loved it. But now as an older person with a, as a mom and kids, like that's terrifying. to me. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, I want to camp, but I want to find mm-hmm. like a cabin because tent camping now freaks me out so much. Yeah. Cause it's just you and then the outside world. And right. that's kind of it. Yeah. And you're in, I know you're amongst campers. Mm-hmm. You're amongst everybody else that's in a tent, you know, mm-hmm. but man, like, yeah, that's just like a thin thing that's yeah. like between you and the world. Yeah. So that was, scares me. that was probably my most recent experience. And that's scary. But normally when I'm camping, I, I feel very like At peaceful. Peace. Yeah. I it's know. very nice and right. very, it feels wonderful to be there. You know, and the smells and everything. It's nice. Yeah. When I was little and hey, dad, you're going to love this one because I'm going to kind of expose you a little bit here. (laughs) When I was little, we used to go camping because we were in this um, organization called Indian Princesses. Have you heard of Indian Princesses? No. It's a father daughter thing where you have meetings and you do crafts and you learn different things about native peoples. It was really cool. It was fun. And it was a great like father daughter thing and we would go camping uh-huh. and one time we went to this one campground and it's texas it's very swampy there's alligators there's stuff everywhere right so we were at this campground and it was it was kind of like a, a swampy there was a bayou that we were by and we were camping inside of our car so we had a station wagon at the time and so we just you know laid down the seats and Easy. had you know our sleeping bags in the back and yeah. slept in the station wagon so we're in the back of the station wagon and my dad, so I'm like scared and terrified that there's going to be alligators. Oh, gosh. And I think an alligator is going to bite the tires and come <laughs> get me in the middle of the night. That's what I'm terrified of as, like Lake you know, Placid. a small like six or seven year old girl. I'm like, right. oh, no. Yeah. An alligator is going to come eat me. So we're asleep. And then at different points in the night, the car starts shaking. And I hear this like kind of a sound. And I'm like, (gasps) the alligator's coming to get me. (laughs) The alligator's coming to get me. Oh, no, no. And I'm like terrified and just like shaking in my sleeping bag. And I'm not able to sleep. And then, you know, eventually I do go to sleep. But it happened several times throughout the night where the car would shake. And like, it's an alligator. It's an alligator. It was just my wonderful dear old dad rolling over. (laughs) I knew it. I knew it. Oh, dads. 
but your little mind yeah my little mind i'm like oh no it's an alligator's gonna get me (laughs) i love it yeah well at least but yeah but most of the time you know and i've been i've camped out under the stars where it's just me in a sleeping bag and you know i've done all and it's always been wonderful and peaceful and i haven't had anything paranormal that i can remember happen at a campground so that's good yeah except that one creepy one I, yeah i don't know what that was and i don't care Maybe you know it's I, it sounds like you were you were hearing a party and then you could hear the whatever entity it was that, that was, was telling them to, to yeah. kill and you know most likely what was happening is i was mishearing what was being right, said because yeah. <laughs> i was you know half asleep and they were probably breathing in a lot of the smoke from the campfire that they had going on or, or maybe they, they had covid something, yeah. or something and they were just <laughs> coughing and you know as voices would die down they were just going to bed because it was in the middle of the night so that's most likely what happened but i definitely was checking the newspapers and like articles online nothing nothing yeah <laughs> yeah i was like what happened what was going what on happened? Yeah. That's like, fun. Yeah. So it was a little scary, but like the next day when we were packing up to go out, I was looking at all the campsites around us and it was families. Nothing. Just, yeah. Everyone's cool. Like, everyone's fine. Oh, that's so, funny. But yeah, it was definitely terrifying when it, in the middle like, of the night when sleep. that was going on. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's scary. Yeah. I haven't had anything. I can't say. I've camped a lot, like I said. Yeah. But I don't think anything paranormal. The only thing that was scary was that I was in seventh grade and I took my best friend hiking and camping in the middle of the night. She didn't bring enough and she was freezing. Mm. So my dad had to like cuddle with her to give her his, his body. heat. Yeah. yeah. And he was such a loving dad. And he's so yeah. sweet to do that. But he just gave her cuddles and she fell asleep. Thankfully, that yeah, was it. That's good. Yeah. Aww. But that's it. Yeah. So. My husband has a story of, of camping um, with one of his buds where it was cold they were in vegas they were camping somewhere in vegas and it was cold and they wound up like sleeping in the in the car because they all of the camping supplies that they brought stuff was just going wrong with everything nothing worked and they didn't and it was cold and so (laughs) you're like and we're done yeah yeah so they just wound up sleeping in the car and it was like a night of survival for them to just kind of (laughs) get through the next day because everything was broken and not working but yeah oh fun yeah so this is a, a great, I love the story time. I love camping. Me I love too. hearing stories of, of camping and definitely we always camp at lakes and I always camp by the water. So I'll be on the lookout for any now creepy you things a, yep. happening in the water. Water's doing it. Yay. All right. We got one more thing though. We do have one more thing. It's, it's a movie time. Knock at the Cabin, released in 2023, this year. Mm -hmm. IMDb rating is 6.1 stars, and the synopsis. While vacationing, a girl and her parents are taken hostage by armed strangers who demand that the family make a choice to avert the apocalypse. And this is, uh, if you have Prime, this is on Prime. Heads up. Yes, it's on Prime. Um, okay, so I thought this movie, I said, hey, Angela, let's watch this. It was just released on Amazon Prime. It's a cabin. Yeah. <laughs> now, spoiler, yeah, spoiler <laughs> alerts galore. If you have not seen this movie, go see it first, and then we're going to ruin it for you. <laughs> we're going to ruin it for you. Yep. Because... <laughs> I I was I was like what <laughs> this movie <laughs> what is going on 
Um, okay. Yeah. Go see it. Go see it. If you don't want to see it, we're going to review it. Mm-hmm. Um, so knock at the cabin. It has, uh, it's an M night Shyamalan. Yes. And it's obvious. It's very obvious. And he's in it. Yes. Makes a little cameo. Yep. Uh, you got some famous people, which, yeah, we I, do. which is funny. Cause I think the budget on this movie probably was next to nil. Cause it's in one cabin. Yeah. Right. It's all set in one, one, one cabin. I mean, they have like a couple of other spots that they yeah. go to oh, but sure. the like majority of it is in one cabin. it's in one cabin yeah. yeah in the woods and you've got dave batista you've got drax you've got yeah drax you've got ron weasley you've got <laughs> yeah. you've got um miss marvel or marvel is nikki amuka bird i think she's sabrina she's in captain marvel oh she's in captain marvel's friend there you go. Okay. So you got some you got some big people in this. Jonathan Groff. Yep, Jonathan Groff. Yeah. So you got tons of big people. King George. Oh, that's right. From Hamilton. Oh, yeah. you don't know it. You don't do no, Hamilton. But I saw him, I saw him. So But also from Frozen. That's right. He's in yes. Frozen. Yes. I knew that voice. Yes. Okay. But yeah, so uh I think that's where all the money went. <laughs> that was my point. Went to um, all the stars. Yeah. So like it says, it's this movie does not have to be in a cabin. <laughs> no, so it's based on a book, though, right? Yes. Okay. And cabin the, at the edge of the world. End of yeah, the world. Or something cabin like at that. the end of the world. Yeah. yeah. Which I think is great. Cool. Keep it a book. <laughs> <laughs> because this movie furiated me. I even e- I texted Angela after I finished it, and I was You're like, "Have you watched it? Yeah. Let's watch something else." <laughs> She's like, "I already watched it." I'm already like, "Okay, watched it. we'll review it." M-, M Night Shyamalan has some great movies. Yes. He also has some really terrible movies. So I think the I think what happened with this movie is that he had to work within the constraints of a story that he didn't create. Yes. I think that's what happened with I it. I guess. He wasn't able to put, put M. His, Night Shyamalan spin I on it guess. because it's not an M. Night Shyamalan story. There's no like big twist in the I end. I guess. Yeah. The Happening is one of my I hate movies. And he did that one. The Happening? I don't think I've seen it. Oh, it's Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, I don't think I've seen it. Oh, it's the worst movie ever. Oh, (laughs) you should watch it and review it then. (laughs) We'll do a Patreon episode. Okay. That is my frailty. Okay. I'm not going to ruin it for you then. Okay. We'll have to watch that somewhere. Anyway, so like I said, he has some bad movies. Uh huh. And this is one of them. And I guess you're right. I didn't realize. I I keep forgetting because it did say it was based on that book. Yeah. Yeah. But. Why did he do it? He didn't have to make this movie then. Well, maybe he liked the book. I guess. And maybe he felt he could do something special with it. And he's always looking to, you know, break out of his own genre and do different things. Right. And, it, and it's tr- it's trying really hard to be twisty. Yeah. And it's just not. because it, it doesn't. It's very straightforward with right. what it is. I mean, there is a moment where I did wonder. I'm like. Is it because, you know, they they uncover some truths about the people that are at that come to the cabin? Oh, first of all, what a terrible vacation. Oh, my (laughs) gosh. You're trying to, like, get away. And instead, no, No. you have to prevent the apocalypse. Right. (laughs) Well, by making the worst choice ever. They didn't believe the whole time, which I guess in my mind, I probably wouldn't either. Would you believe four strangers coming to your house? Only you can prevent the apocalypse. I'm like, I'm not that special. No, no. (laughs) Right. Well, and I think the fact that they were a gay couple 
just enhance that. They're like, we're yeah, being targeted. We're being targeted. And that's, if I were that way, yeah, of course. And especially when they found out that Ron Weasley right. had targeted them yes, before. before. Yeah. Ron Weasley. I love that. <laughs> Sorry. I hate that. He's so typecast now. I know. But anyway. Um, yes. So it's hard. That, that kind of has that like, oh. Rupert Grint. Yeah. Yeah, Rupert. If, if that is, you know, is it going to happen? Is it? But you have that sense that they're like trying to tell you the truth and they're showing them the TV. They're like, oh, no, that's pre-programmed. And like. Right. So so the one guy had all these had all these like very Good logical yeah. answers yeah. as to why they, things are happening on the news. This is pre-recorded. They knew this was going to come on. And this right. is, you know. And they know who we are and we're being targeted. And yeah, 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 yeah. All that stuff. And he had some excellent points because they weren't getting any visions. Like right. The other people were claiming yeah. to have visions. And he's had such a rough life, you know, with, the, with his lifestyle that he's like, let the people die. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, you can kind of see where he's coming with that. You know, he's, he's like, had, he's like, I'm good. Yeah. Uh, people suck, but yeah. I love my family. Right. And I'm good. And I choose and, my family. Right. That was his whole thing. It was like, I choose my family. People yeah. suck. People are terrible. I've this had, is who I love. And this is my, who this I want to be group. with. Yeah. yeah. And I'm sure everyone's felt that way at some point. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So I get that. But this movie made me so mad. <laughs> oh, it made me so mad. I can tell. <laughs> I know. I know. And it, I mean, it wasn't filmed terribly. I just, I just, the, the concept just, I was done at the beginning. Yeah, It's the four horsemen of the apocalypse kind of a concept. It is. And. But the fact that they had to see them die. Yeah. Like, why did they have to watch that? Why do they have to see that part happen? Don't. No, maybe to convince them that this was real. Yeah. To me, it just makes it more crazy. Right. Like, right. <laughs> like, oh, you're a suicide Okay. Pack. Eventually, okay. if I like wait this out. Yeah, then you're all going to die. We're good. And they did. We're good. Spoiler they, alert. Yeah. They did. They, everyone dies. No, not everyone. No. Ultimately, a choice is made. <sighs> yes. And humanity is saved or humanity is not saved. We are not going to spoil that I for you. I won't spoil that for you. <laughs> no. But man, this movie made me mad. <laughs> <laughs> how did you feel i you know it wasn't what i thought it was going to be either right? so i was expecting it to be i wasn't expecting it to be something like of biblical proportions okay. i didn't know it was an apocalypse movie i expected something very paranormal yeah and that I, wasn't there. i thought it was gonna be well, yeah because it's m night Shyamalan, yeah. so you think it's gonna be aliens or yeah, paranormal something or a little bit more paranormal fantasy than, anything than not an apocalyptic story right and the the story of the four horsemen and you have to make the choice to either save the world or not save the world right that's what this is and i didn't know that that's what this movie was uh, and i didn't either as it was you know as it was going and and they kind of tell you right at the beginning david bautista tells them really early on like, like what's happening and yeah. there's no there's no like it starts off with them knocking on the cabin. So there's no like lead up to anything. It was you very just dive abrupt. right in. Yeah. Like, well, this he, is, he this shows is the up movie. and sees the little girl. He talks to her and yeah. tries to explain very calmly what was going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. But that and, just spooks her up more. Which, right. Which yeah. <laughs> it would me too. Right? I'd be like, some stranger. Yeah. <laughs> like, dads, we got to go inside now. Yeah. We're like, we need to leave now. Yeah. yeah. So, anyway. you know, um, I think that the reactions were logical and real. Um, mm -hmm. And I think the people were trying really hard to not present themselves as crazy, but 
the more they tried, the crazier they seemed, right? Seriously. And, um, you know, it was interesting. And the way that the stories were told and the way that you learned about the characters, it kind of happened sporadically through the movie. So at the very beginning, you don't know anybody and you don't necessarily care about anybody. But then as you move through the movie, you learn more about everyone's stories and then you start to be more invested in the choices that they're going to make. Um, what right. would you do? Would you choose to save humanity or would you choose to Don't save Don't put that on me. No. <laughs> I'm not answering that. It's an impossible choice. It's so hard to think about because there's so many pros and cons. Yeah, it's hard. I would. I don't want to even be in that situation because I would not want one of, one of my loved ones to die, but I wouldn't want humanity to die either. Yeah. So, so ultimately, I would probably sacrifice myself yeah yeah if I had to if I had to choose anybody oh the plot of a mother <laughs> we always die making for our babies. the sacrifice yeah, yeah. diving for kids as a plot of a parent true yeah not just moms yeah sorry to put that out there it's, no it's, it's everybody yeah or that has that has kids yeah anybody that you love and have that connection with you would sacrifice for them yeah so. and they're feeling the same way too so right Oh. I just didn't like this. I know. I can tell. <laughs> How many stitches would you give this movie, oh, Nicole? <laughs> because it had good actors. Maybe a two. Oh, see? It's not your frailty. No. You you gave a negative review oh, to... Oh, yes. That one, never again. But this yeah. one, just because it's M. Night Shyamalan, man, you could have gone with so many other options here, dude. But two, because you had some good actors. Uh... There's some okay moments when they're like doing flashbacks and things. Mm -hmm. I kind of appreciated that. Uh, the choices they made, the first the first plague was a earthquake that hit the Pacific Northwest. I did not appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't come after don't my Don't come hometown. after me. But I understand because that is a huge fault line area. So that was mm -hmm. more realistic and that made sense. The planes dropping another, sorry. Spoilers. Yeah, that was crazy. That was a little spooky. Mm -hmm. Yeah. but and, and then, of course, there's a, a sickness that a plague. Oh, that yeah. Kind of spreads An actual through. plague. We're yeah. like, hmm, been there, done that. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Yeah. So yeah, so I give it a two. How many stitches would you give it? I, you know, I think IMDb's fair. Six like, point one, yeah, really? I don't know. Maybe five and a half. We'll go five and a half. Okay. Yeah, okay. five and a half. Not bad. Just because it was like so straightforward, and you want there to be twists, and you want there to be turns. But I get the whole reason why it's so straightforward is like the twist is the impossible choice you have to make. Like, how do you make that Seriously. choice? I don't like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a tough one. And how do you believe that right that choice is it's going to actually reality. do something? Yeah, and not just kill myself you, because I killed yeah. myself. Yeah. How do you make that decision? Yeah. Is this real? And if it is real, how do I make the decision? Right. Ah, this movie. <laughs> but anyway, there you go. That's our that's our knock at the cabin. So again, Prime Video. Oh. Um, I try, I did, I think I stitched to this because, um, I had a simple pattern I'm working on and I was like, Oh, I got this so I could watch it while I was doing it. Yeah. I was learning the marshmallow stitch while go. I was watching it. Okay. So yeah, yeah, we can, yeah, we can stitch to it. We can stitch to it. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Hey, Kumbaya. <laughs> I'm tired. I'm tired too. All right.
Okay. Well, I guess that's the end of another amazing episode. And oh, I forgot to say earlier because we were talking about camping. Sorry, if you I guys, it's okay if you guys want to see any show notes or see any of these campsites that we talked about today or visit any other shows that we've done previously, you can jump over to our Podbean at podbean.com. There is also a little button you can click in the upper right hand corner that says become a patron and you can join our little patron army and help support our little podcast and help us keep making this for you guys. And um, okay, sorry, I forgot to do that plug earlier. That's I okay, I got excited it. and I did everything else. Good I job. said everything that I need to say. We've said everything. We've done all the things. We have entertained you. <laughs> Are you not entertained? <laughs> and with that being said, we'll see you, Stitchers. See you, Stitchers. Uh,